ministry now than my relationship with God. That's really important. It's very, very important because you can get so busy you forget about who you are and God doesn't reveal himself very much. We are all in emotions and doing the things and the praying and all of that kind of stuff and thinking, well, God must be pleased. But we need the spirit of the word. The, we have to have the spirit, not just the doing of, of these things. Now, this is total off message, but in Galatians chapter 2, Uh, verse 20. In verse 21. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. But Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in, in the flesh. I live by the faith. By faith in the Son of God. Who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the Lord, then Christ died in vain. Now, the word set aside the grace of God means I do not frustrate the grace of God. I do not frustrate the grace of God. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. Now, the thing is, Paul knew very well, and that was foremost in his heart, I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer you. You are not the one living. It's Christ that is alive in you. And we must always have that in mind. Now, Philippians. Verse. uh, Chapter 3, verse 10. It says. And again, he's talking about righteousness, the spirit of whatever, what we're doing in our relationship with God. Not just the letter or the things that we do. Those is the spirit of it that is important. Um, verse 8, Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. I count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. So no matter what, this is what's most important, is the knowledge of God, not the natural knowledge of God, which is reading scriptures and knowing scriptures, but it is the fellowship that is developed or the revelation knowledge that you have of him. That's what is important here. It says in verse 7, But what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. Yet, indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, 
which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Verse 10, that's where I'm going, that I may know him. That's where I'm starting from. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being consumed, uh, conformed to his death. Now, my point is, here is Paul, the great apostle. We don't know what, when this letter was written, but he's still desiring to know more of God. He wanted to know God even better, a greater knowledge of him, fellowship with God. And that's where he's at. There's got to be a hunger for God, a desire to be like Jesus. That's my prayer today. I prayed constantly. I don't know about everything that's going on, but I want to be like your son. Whatever that is, I want to be like Jesus in every respect. I don't know how to get there, but I'm going to depend on you to take me there. That is my heart's desire. I pray that that's your heart's desire. I want to be like Jesus. That's the quest. That's what we have to go through in life. And becoming like him is getting to know his word and understanding his word based on the things that the spirit is revealing, not just what the head knowledge. I wanted to share that uh, and, and, and go briefly into you know, the message that I, I, have, I have wanted to, to preach on for a while now. And that has to do with the, I titled it, The New Law. The New Law. John chapter 8, verse 32, and also in verse 36. This is the real thing. It says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Verse 36, therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. If the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Free from what? I believe that the freedom Jesus was talking about here is the freedom that brought him down from heaven. That's why he came. To make us free. Free in every respect. Free from the power of sin. And if you read the contest in John chapter 8, the contest is sin. It says, he who sins is a servant of of sin. If you sin, you are a slave of sin. So sin is the main thing. And freedom from sin and the gaining of righteousness from God is the primary thing for which Christ came. Now, how can we be free in Romans chapter 7, verse 1, the Bible tells us here that, Or do you not know, brethren, for I speak to those who know the law, that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives. The law has dominion over a man as long as he lives. So that means as long as there is law, there is no way a man can keep the law. The law has power. The commandments have power over a man. So freedom cannot come from the law. Freedom comes from the truth. And where we find the truth of the word 
comes in Romans chapter 8. From another law, verse 1, I said on Sunday that in my mind, this is the key statement in the whole of the new, uh, I mean of uh, the epistles. In Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. In my mind, there is no greater statement in the epistles than this particular statement here. If you read in the book of Romans, you go to uh, Romans chapter 1. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ because it is the power of God to, for salvation to those that believe. The Jews first. And then comes the Gentiles. But then if you read in verse 17 of that uh, chapter, it says, For in it, that's the preaching of the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith is the preaching of the gospel that brings the revelation of the righteousness of God being revealed to us so that we can be a part of the righteousness that Jesus has brought from heaven to us. The real thing then is freedom from the law. In verse 2, it says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. So we have two laws. When Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free, he's talking about the truth in a different kind of law, not the first law, but the second law. For this law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is what makes us free from the law of sin and death. question is, why would God call his law the law of sin and death? You thought about that? Will God give a law that is called a law of sin and death? Why is the commandment that God gave called a law of sin and death? The reason is he didn't do exactly what God wanted it to do. And you have the scripture given to us in Romans chapter 8, verse 3 through 4. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous, righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. What the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. The law was weak because God gave the law to a spirit that was already dead. When Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden... His spirit died at that point. God gave a law to man 
to guide man, but the law could not bring what God intended. So the law did not fulfill what God intended until the truth was sent when Jesus came to the world to give us righteousness and peace in God. So what was it then that the law could not do? First is what we've been talking about. The law could not bring righteousness to man. So the key that the thing that God wants for us is to depend on, uh, fully on his righteousness. The law could not give life. Galatians chapter 3 verse 21 says, Is the law then against the promise of God? So there is a promise of God. The promise of God is life. God gave his law not to condemn us, but to bring life to us. So the promise of God was to bring life, and life from God covers every area of life. The life from God covers your health. Life from God covers your finances. Life from God, from God covers your children, covers everything that life entails. The law could not do that. The law could not bring that to us. So if you depend on the law, the law will not serve you. So if you read in Romans chapter 2, it says, Do you, do you despise the, the um, forbearance of God? That is the goodness of God. I would like to turn to that chapter. Romans chapter 2. Verse 4. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads to repentance? So repentance is what brings us to the righteousness of God. And then as you move from there to Romans chapter 3, he begins to talk about there is none good, no, not one. There is none righteous. No, not one. So the key thing is righteousness before God that brings life into us. So if you read in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says, uh, We have all come short of the grace of God. Verse 23 there tells us that. For all have sinned and fall, and fall short of the glory of God. And Romans chapter 4 then brings into how Abraham obtained his righteousness. And Romans chapter 5 tells us that while we were in sin, Jesus died for us. Romans chapter 6 then goes into the fact that sin no longer has dominion over us. And then in verse 18 of Romans chapter uh, 6, it says, You were servants of sin, but having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. And then Romans chapter 7 goes deep into our sin nature, the way we were. He says, the law is spiritual. That's the sum there. But I am carnal, sold under sin. The law is spiritual. I am carnal. I am sold under sin. So when you put everything together, we're dealing mainly with the righteousness that comes from God. Righteousness without the law. And once you receive that righteousness, you stand in that righteousness for the rest of your life. And because you have the righteousness of God, you have life from God. 
So Galatians 23 verse 21 says, Is the Lord then against the promise of God? Certainly not. For if there has been a law given which could have given life, if there was, uh, there was a law given that could have given life, truly righteousness would have been by the law. So God gave a law in the Old Testament that could not give life. The law could not bring everything, the abundant life that God wanted us to enjoy in Christ. So they were handicapped. And so everyone that was in the Old Testament until John, Jesus said, they uh, cannot be compared to anyone in the New Testament. So that law could not bring life to us. It says, if that's the case, if the law could bring life, truly righteousness would have been by the law. So the law could not bring life to us. We need another law that could bring life. So we're dealing mainly with two kinds of law. There was a law in the Old Testament, and then there is a law in the New Testament that brings life. Where I'm going is this. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made us free from the law of sin and death. This is the new law that brings, of, brings us life. And as we stand firm on this new law, we can receive what the scripture tells us. If we will stay with the new law and not keep going back and forth and trust in the righteousness that God has given to us, then and only then we will begin to experience the freedom that Jesus brought from heaven for us. That's the only way. No freedom in trying to be good is not going to work. The only freedom you can have is believe the truth. And you shall know the truth. That's revelation knowledge. You shall know the truth and the truth will make you free indeed. The truth will make you free in your righteous life. You need instruction in your righteous life so that it will bring the fruit of righteousness to you. But until you believe the truth, every other thing is religion. And religion is evil. It gets you nowhere. It gets you confused. You just keep going round and round until possibly you pass on without fully understanding what Jesus came to, bring, to give to us. The law could not give life. The law could not bring the new creation. If any man be in Christ, that's what it says, if there was a law that could bring life, then there will not be a need for another law. But the new law is the law of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And the, word, the law came by His Word. God sent His Word. And what we need to do is to begin to accept the fact that Jesus has finished the work, imbibe those things and believe it and begin to walk in it. The, law, the new law, the law of the Spirit of life, is the law that bring, brought the new creation. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 is so important. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if you have accepted the new law, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, then you are in Christ. If anyone is in Christ, look at what it says, he is a new creation. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation. It says, 
the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold on the sin. But now you have been born again, born of the Spirit. You are no longer carnal. You just think you are. In the mind of God, when you receive Christ, you are no longer carnal. You are a spirit being. You are born of the Spirit. Now you are, equi- you are equal to the law that God brought initially to bring life, but couldn't do it because of your dead spirit. But now your spirit is made alive. And you can really respond to the law and can have life. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Old things have passed away. Old things. Old things of frustration. <laughs> old, old things of unworthiness before God. All things of just throwing out prayer, hoping that some of it is going to be answered. If God answers one, that's good. No certainty. All of those things uh, coming into his presence, don't know what God is doing, confusion, all of those old things. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All things have become new. I wish believers will see themselves as new new creation. We have been recreated in Christ. And all of the old things, the sin nature, that's gone. Consciousness of sin, that's gone. Praying daily for forgiveness of sin, that's gone. That's old things. Because it brings sin consciousness. The sickness and disease, that's all things. Those things are gone. According to the word of God, we are in Christ. We have been created in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are now operating under a new law. And so the Bible, if you read Romans chapter 8, they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, and they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The spiritually minded is simple as this. It's just so simple. Mind the word of God. That's the food for the new creation. The word of God. Righteousness is being given to us. And that's what we have. In Christ and we can begin to spread that around the world um, second Corinthians chapter Verse 19, it says, that is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and have committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you in Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. 
For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So the thing is righteousness. Righteousness of God in Christ. We need to zero in on that. Once you have that righteousness in God, we can come into his presence. That's Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 and 20. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, that's what we didn't have before. But now we can come because of the new creation. We can come into his presence by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. So we have that confidence in him because of who we now are in him. We can receive from God everything that he's given to us. And there is right now just one new commandment for the believer. And that's the commandment we need to obey. John chapter 13 verse 34 and 35. He says, a new commandment I give to you. That you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. This is the law of the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. This is the law that makes everything work. That's the only law we have to keep. That's the only thing I have to be concerned about. I have to stay in fellowship with God. Every time you walk out of love, walk outside love, you fall into condemnation and you no longer have that freedom in your own spirit to come into his presence. But the key is you have the righteousness of God in Christ and you can come in his presence anytime and be welcomed by him and know without a doubt that whatever you need from him, you will have. Because now he's inviting you. He's happy to have you come into his presence. And we can come boldly. He encouraged us to come boldly and have that full assurance of faith. Our hearts pushed from a, you know, an impure conscience. That's the consciousness of sin. And he says, hold fast to your confession of faith without wavering. Because God who promised will actually fulfill his promise in your life. So we want to stand tonight. And I just want you to realize that you don't come to God based on your own righteousness. But the righteousness of God in Christ. That's enough, good enough for me. And if you come to God based on that, you can receive whatever you want. Your life can be transformed just based on that alone. You are welcome in His presence because you have His righteousness. That's all we have. He gave that to us. Let's go to Him tonight in prayer.
And let's thank him for the righteousness of God that we have. And accept his righteousness tonight and refuse all forms of condemnation. No matter what's going on in your life, God is for you. God will answer your prayer. He promised you would. And will take you as far as you want to go in him. But you must desire him in your heart. Make him first. Your first desire. Have a hunger for him. To be just like his son. Secondly, we must love one another. As God has given us commandment. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for the righteousness of God in Christ. We are righteous. We have been made free through your spirit. We have the righteousness of God. And we can come freely into your presence. The veil was turned from top to bottom. So we can receive everything that you have for us. Thank you for giving us your glory. We give you praise tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.